Hello and welcome to the Two Kinky Women podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady. My partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Going to have a great conversation today. First, we would like to sincerely thank all of our listeners and our supporters. We've been getting great feedback that you guys are liking the podcast or loving the podcast. Uh, If you find someone that might be interested in listening, please tell them about us. We would appreciate that. So let's get on to what we're going to talk about today. Mr. Gabrielle, can you give us a little? Sure can. We uh, are going to talk about uh, something that everybody who wants to get involved in what it is that we do is going to do, and that is have a scene. So our topic today is anatomy of a scene. What makes a scene? What gives us the uh, potential to have a really great time with another uh, person or several people in a scene? And needless to say, this is a big topic. And there are so many variations. There are as many variations as there are people. Let's face it. You know, everybody does whatever. But there are certain things that we will pay attention to no matter where we are playing. Whether we're playing in public, private, in a sex negative, or a sex positive environment. Whatever it is that we're going to do. So, we're going to have a part one and a part two. And today is part one anatomy of a scene. Yes, there is so much information that we wanted to relate to our listeners <laughs> that we couldn't fit it all in one episode because then it would be like two hours long. Kids could graduate from college by the time we got <laughs> done listening to that episode. So we could uh, give you all the information without cutting anything out. So we decided to make it two episodes. So let's Let's jump right in, and we're going to, this first part is called Setting the Scene. Um, There's actually a lot of details that go into setting the scene. Before you even get out your toys and you start having whatever the scene is that you're having, there's a lot of forethought that goes into the beginning. So we have Big buzzwords like negotiation, consent, safe words, uh, signals, things of that nature, decisions that need to be made. So obviously you need to negotiate the scene. What what does that mean when you negotiate the scene? What what does that entail for you? Well, essentially what it is is a discussion of some sort or another. Now, it could be an email. It could be a series of texts or things along those lines. But what it really is is about communication. Uh So whatever way you choose to communicate, you got to communicate. You've got to say what it is you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Mm, That's correct. You have to include what you are not willing to do. Um, And you have to pick a safe word or safe words. The standard is... Red means stop, yellow means don't in the scene, but slow down, or I need something addressed. And green is obviously all's good, go ahead. Or you can pick other words that will mean something to you. Um, My particular safe word is respite. Respite means don't end, 
but slow down or something needs to be addressed. So when I say something needs to be addressed, I mean my foot's asleep. My, I can't feel my right hand. Um, I have an itch on my nose that's driving me crazy. Things of that nature. Um, if you want something. If you need something to drink. If you need something to drink. Or all of a sudden or you, you got cold. So, yeah, so that you don't want the scene to end, but you need something addressed. Um, the other thing you need to look out for are if it's a noisy play space and they're going to be gagged, how are you going? How is the bottom going to communicate to you that there is an issue? So, you have to, if it's a noisy dungeon, lots of people, lots of and very loud music, and they're or- gagged. If you have hearing issues. Yes, entirely. Uh, You know, that's also a possibility. What I like to do is give them something to hold in their hand. And if they drop it, that's my signal. I'm aware. I'm looking for that signal. And if I see it, I know right away. I got to go and find out what the problem is. Now, there's something else that you can do also under these kinds of circumstances as well, which is um, not as abrupt as a safe word. And this is from the top's point of view. You check in. You check in with your bottom. And you might want to say this ahead of time when you're uh, planning your scene. Um, From a scale of one to ten, where ten, needless to say, is I can't take it and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to die. Um, and one to five is kind of like, oh, this is good. When we try to get up in the seven and eights, maybe we ought to slow down. This is a scale. Scales are very, very good. As a top, I like yes. to check in with my bottom and say, <clears throat> excuse me, where are we? On a scale from, say, uh, four to eight, where are we? And if I get a four, I know I can keep going. If I get an eight, I'm going to slow down. Yes. And I find as a switch... Uh, I have the luxury of both the top and the bottom space. So I don't do any activity on my bottoms that hasn't been done to me first. That is just something I live by. That's my rule. That allows me to, so if I hit them with this paddle and they're saying it's a four, and I'm like, okay, I know what a four feels like. So I don't want to hit them at an eight and I'm thinking it's a four. Because now I'm thinking, well, it's only a four, but my bottom might be experiencing an eight. And that is a huge disconnect. Because if I try to do more, my bottom will go and safe word on, you know, which you don't want your bottom to safe word unnecessary. You know, like you want such a good scene that it, it concludes on its own without a safe word. That's- so we can also have another range. Like, for example, if I say orange, <clears throat> that means don't stop, but please slow down. Yes. All right. So you just have to communicate whatever it is that you're... That's the key word. If you start screaming out bananas in the middle of the scene, your top isn't <laughs> going to know what bananas mean. You know, unless... Bananas is your safe word, right. or banana is your slow down word. Right. You know, so, so it's all about communication, those, right? Yes, how that's that what communication. it is. And you've got to continue to communicate throughout the scene. Yes. So you communicate when you're planning it, you communicate when you're setting it up, and you communicate while you're doing it. Yes. Okay. So something else to consider is the equipment. Um, 
I can't be, uh, I can't do any standing where my arms are above my head because shoulder issue, let's say. So you want to be sure that you don't string him up to the St. Andrew's cross because he cannot lift his arm. So you have to keep in mind those um, issues with equipment. Yeah, um, and you don't necessarily want to hear about it while it's happening yes. because you may be getting into a uh, into a thing, you know, a, a, rhythm. a mood, right, a rhythm. And the idea is to know these things ahead of time right. so that you're seeing... Uh, essentially, is this a strange word to use? Is choreographed so that you don't have to stop it. Right. And so you know what's expected. Now, of course, there's always room for improvisation, right? Oh, yes. I mean, there's the level of mystery. But, but, that's a big but. We have the better scene when it's, has a framework it has an outline of what's going to happen also keep in mind if it's a public event with hundreds of people or is it a small private party those sorts of things will also come into play Um, and how do you know what the difference is and what's expected of you i guess the thing is well you're not you don't have the experience how do you know how do you know What, what, what what are you doing if you go to a private home Lots of people have dungeons in their basements, have parties in their basement. There's always rules. There's always a list of rules that they send in an email. Hey, we're so happy to have you at the party tonight. Here are the rules. I've been doing this 25 years. I still read the rules. I've been going to the same uh, group who has parties every month. I still read the rules because they might have changed from last month. So I still read the rules. I find out. The other thing is important to find out. Is it a sex positive or sex negative? Right. I've been to parties where it was sex negative. No sex takes place. Don't whip out your dildos and your butt plugs. There's no penetration. And I've also been to parties where, you know, it's free game. So... Just know that stuff ahead of time. You don't want to make the mistake of breaking a rule that you didn't know was a rule. Um, you might you might be able to be like, okay, I know now kind of a thing. Or they might ask you to leave. Right. Right. Um, because it's, it's in the rules. Yeah. You can't claim ignorance. That's right, and you you need to uh, you need to make yourself familiar with this stuff. And some people say, "Oh my God, there's so much preparation. You're doing so much stuff, and you're figuring it out ahead of time, and everything else." It's like, "Oh my goodness, like you're rehearsing for a movie scene or something." By the time you do it, the excitement is gone. Well, oh, guess yeah. what? Preparation doesn't take away from the excitement. No. No. Preparation ensures that you are going to have safety, the both of you or how many scene. people. Yeah, safe, scene. and it's going to be a good scene. You know what you can't do, you know what you can do, and what's in the middle now, is totally up to you. As a top, yeah, because I swing both ways. As a top, the top needs to define their safe word as well, because the top's are allowed to have um, hard limits. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the top can have a hard Without limit. Without a doubt. Uh, one of my hard limit as a top, 
I will not do any any humiliation. Okay. I will not call you a name. I will not say anything that would make you feel bad. That's just me. I won't do it. I've had people ask for that, and I tell them straight out, I will not do that. Right. So even well, though maybe, we've... maybe, mistress, maybe. No, I'm telling you right now. Okay, I so. I want to do that. They want it, but that's not something you are willing to do, so that's your hard limit. That is my hard limit. Okay. And so as a top. You can also say, well, I want you to, I want you to set me on fire. I'm sorry. That's a hard limit for me. I am not, I don't do fire play. I'm not skilled in fire play. I'm not skilled in suspension rope. I'm not skilled in something. It's perfectly reasonable for you to say, I am not skilled in fire play. So I cannot do fire play. Let me introduce you to Mike who is teaching fire play later today. So, you know, but you are allowed as the top to have some limits that things that you won't do, but also as the top, you need to take into account details of the person. A, you need to ask them if they have any triggers or health concerns, like that shoulder that we mentioned a few minutes ago about stringing them up with that bad shoulder, you need to find out if they have any known triggers. Now, this is important for a good reason, which is if you haven't discussed this and you start tying somebody up and it's like, oh, wait a minute, she's tying me up. Uh, That's not what I wanted to have happen. Then it stops and we have to undo this and we have to move that. In other words, again, the preparation doesn't take away from the excitement of the scene. It ensures safety and essentially good results. So you have, and when I say triggers, what we do is risky. It's risky physically, and it's also riskily, risky mentally or psychologically. Um, I won't do humiliation because that to me is a trigger for me. So we have to keep those things in mind, um, health concerns, you know, are they a diabetic? Is the possibility of them passing out from blood sugar drop? Um, do they have candy nearby that, that if they are diabetic and they need a little shot of sugar, do they have that nearby? Is there some, you know, where is it so that I can get it, you know, and facilitate that? If, if that should happen, it's better to know and not have it happen than to have it happen and now you're scrambling. And, and things are blowing up. So the other thing, then you wouldn't even really think about this, but we've been doing this for so long. You have to take into account the person themselves. So you want to do wax on your bottom, but your bottom is terribly hairy. He's like Bigfoot. Terribly <laughs> hairy. So what do you do? You can't just pour hot wax on him because he's very hairy. That would be a scene in and of itself that he didn't consent to when you have to pull off that wax with the hair. So what do you do? So you you have to take the extra step of putting the baby oil over his hair. Now, how do you know to do all these kinds of things? Well, well. You, 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 if you want to learn how to do a thing, then you got to research. Right. Uh, I'm or you got to watch. Or you watch and you get training. That's right. And you practice. Um, so another thing is like long hair. If you're going to whip a woman with long hair, you have to put the long hair up in a bun 
because the whip can actually tangle in the hair and it's strong enough to yank out some hair, which again is a scene she didn't consent to. So and, those sorts of things. Yeah, and 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 uh, mentioning fire play again because it reminds me of a scene that could have been absolutely horrifying years and years ago uh, at a dungeon party. Um, doing fire play uh, with a woman who still had on a uh, oh. cotton bra and cotton panties. Yes. Not a good idea, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you go uh, to a fire play class at an event or uh, an educational association like TESS will do uh, different types of uh, classes. This is where you learn these kinds of things. And also just talking to people. Talk to people on FetLife. Talk to people that you see at a dungeon or whatever. And watch. And if you are not good at it and your partner really wants it, invite a third person in who is really good at it. And it is always a good idea when you do anything that is considered quote-unquote edge play, and fire play is definitely edge play, to have an observer or two ready. And sometimes that observer will have a heavy blanket and a little fire extinguisher. You cannot be too careful. But this is not a beginner's kind of an activity. This is an activity we learn how to do if we are so inclined to learn how to do it. And you seek out an expert in that field. Yes. Because this is truly edge play. We're on the edge of uh, doing something that can be wonderful and exciting or can turn out very, very badly. When it all goes wrong. Yeah. So uh, speaking of edge play, you want to do an interrogation scene. You want to do a takedown scene. Um, you want to do ravishment role play. And we say ravishment. Um, we don't like to, to use the word rape fantasy, rape play. We prefer ravishment because that implies that there's a consent there uh, to be ravished. You consent as opposed to rape, which is a crime uh, and a violation. So what? how does that work? How do you do these edge play things, who do you have to tell to alert, like the owner, or who do you tell? Without a doubt. And if you are in a small uh, environment, smaller environment, such as a party, uh, a dungeon party, somebody's home, downstairs, you've got to alert whoever is in charge, okay? Whoever has the space. The first thing you do is look at the rules, Fire play not allowed? Don't even bring it up in conversation, okay? Oh, I mean, yes. it just is not the thing. If it is okay, then you've got to arrange ahead of time with the person whose home it is that this is what you're going to do and you need somebody to stand by. It's almost as if a gymnast is asking um, the coach or one of the other gymnasts to spot them. A spotter. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. There's and in fact, it makes it smart because anything can happen when you are working on the edge. Now, if you are in a place such as, uh, I'll give an example, uh, Test Fest or Brimstone or Floating World or something along those lines, uh, some of the uh, towns in which these places are located prohibit things like fire play being done in uh, a public area, public mm -hmm. being the dungeon, okay? Others say, no, it's perfectly fine, but you must alert the DM. What's the DM? That's the dungeon monitor. And essentially, the dungeon monitor is the final word on what can and cannot be done inside of a dungeon space. <clears throat> so this means 
dungeon monitor, I want to do fire play. Okay, you have to go over there in that corner. We have that set up. There's a fire extinguisher. There are two heavy blankets, and that's where fire play will take place. Okay, dungeon monitor is the person who will either give you the permission or say, uh-uh, that doesn't happen. Here. So he's like the kinky police. He is. <laughs> it's a good description, right? We should make a badge, kinky police. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it. Now, if you are smart enough to follow the type of rules that one needs to follow when you do edge play, you're pretty much going to ensure that everything is going to turn out right. Yes. Okay, you, sh you need a spotter, uh, perhaps a third party involved. The DM needs to know what's going on. You need to be in a secure place that has um, uh, paraphernalia in case something does go wrong. And uh, this way we ensure there's going to be safety. Again, I, I, I want to emphasize this because it's so important. And so many people tell me, oh, no, let's not do all this heavy duty negotiation. Let's not do all this big prep. You know, you're losing the spontaneity. I want to emphasize this. This is critical stuff. Absolutely. For every level of play. Right from the beginning all the way up to the top. And, and we're not we're not just sitting here blowing smoke up your ass. We've made these mistakes. We've done this before. Or we've seen them. Yes. Well I made this mistake. Okay. Um guy wanted me to spank him and I'm thinking, Oh, I can do that. No big deal. We didn't discuss how or or with what or um we just, he just said, spank me. And I said, can't wait. So we, we did the whole scene. I spanked him. I said, okay. Uh, we ended the scene. And he was pissed at me. He was livid at me. And I, I was like, what's the matter? He goes, you were supposed to beat the living crap out of me. I said, um, I don't do that. I, I I, I, I'm a, I'm a sensual player. I'm a, I like a little pain. Sure, I like to keep it interesting, but I'm not going to beat the crap out of you. So how come he didn't say anything ahead of time? He didn't say how anything. How come you didn't ask? And I ah, okay. So he ended up livid at me. I mean, he was just off the boat. Just He was so mad at me, and I was like, dude, it's like... You know, like, I just didn't give him what he wanted, I didn't ask and he didn't and he didn't ask either. So that scene turned out to be very bad for him and, and was traumatic for me because I don't deal well with people being angry at me. So it was very upsetting and that taught me a very valuable lesson in that when someone comes up to me and says, Mistress, can you spank me? I'm damn sure let them know that I'm, I'm not the beat the crap out of you kind of girl. I'm not going to humiliate you. I'm not going to beat the crap out of you. I'm not going to draw blood. I'm not going to bruise. I'm not going to do any of that. I said, do you, are you okay with that? Do you still want to do a sensual mid-level pain scene? Maybe like no more than like six or seven. Um, and, and I'm very touchy. I'm very affectionate. I'm very touchy. I like... I like um, what I call hair play. And I find that people love when I, I have long hair. They love when I rub my hair over their back or their arms or their face. Or like the hair is very sensual. It's very exotic feeling. Um, 
other people, like I said, they want you to beat the crap out of them. I'm not that person, and I tell them I'm not that person. So those sorts of things are, are important. It's, it doesn't take the fun out of it. It actually almost guarantees the fun. I mean, shit happens. I, you know, canes break, paddles, you know, things happen for the most part. Um, but if you have a little bit of forethought and some planning, when they have that blood sugar drop and they start shaking, um, my, I tell my prospective tops, uh, that if I start shaking, it's because my blood sugar is dropping. So please don't be too alarmed. All you need to do is go over to my toy bag and it's this little, um, keychain that hangs down, has a couple of starbursts in there. Give me a starburst. And then I'm, I'm pop it in my mouth and I'm good to go. So, um, but I let them know this ahead of time so that if I start shaking, they're not like, holy shit. Are you like, I had somebody tell me I was an epileptic. They thought I was having an epileptic <laughs> oh, fit. For goodness Stop sakes. the scene. Because <clears throat> I didn't communicate right. that I had this blood sugar hypoglycemia, you know. So again, a lesson learned. Now I tell people ahead of time, if this should happen, because if I go deep, it does happen, uh, this is how you fix it, and we can continue on with the scene. It's not a show-stopping scene, you know. The other thing, too, I think is important to mention is um, uh, people's reluctance, and this is an unfortunate thing, but it does happen, people's reluctance to state their limits up front. Uh, because they are afraid that, oh my goodness, this big, beautiful top is not going to want to play with me if I give him all of these limits. Yes. Well, guess what? There are millions of people in this world. And if you don't play with that top, it's okay. You'll find another one to play with. Someone who's better suited to you. Right. And someone who will not negotiate and take what you have to do in terms of your limits. That's okay, too. That's their scene. That's fine. Okay? This is not the person for you. Just don't be afraid to open your mouth and let people know what's important to you. You have to think about it. Why would you want to play with someone who wants to, let's say, humiliate you? And I won't do humiliation. I won't receive it and I won't give it. Why would I want to play with someone who all they want to do is humiliate me? That won't be fun for me. So why would I want to do it? So then I should say to them, no, I don't do humiliation. But let me get my friend, Mistress Gabrielle, to join us in this scene because she She, loves it. She can. (laughs) So she'll be. So we like to when we co-top, we call it good dumb, bad dumb. Right. She's the bad dumb and I'm the good dumb <laughs> because I do all of the bunnying. Right. I do all of the loving right. after the punishment. Right. Now, this is also, I, I may say that this is one of the things that I really enjoy doing. However, <clears throat> if this is not something the bottom wants, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to come yeah. out of nowhere and uh, humiliate the hell out of... Uh, you know, this poor piece of garbage that's laying at my feet. Unless this poor piece of garbage wants it. Okay. But then. And there you go. You know. There you go. Um, so the other thing that you should also. So you've, you've set up these things that you're going to do. Okay. 
Um, we're going to use the paddle, the, the evil stick, and the cane. So you're halfway through the scene, and you remember that you have a different paddle. Do you, should you just start hitting him with that different paddle, that you, your bottom? Oh, really? Should you? I say no. You shouldn't because it wasn't negotiated. But you can sexily or in a in a, say, I just found this toy right. I forgot I had. Do you think you might like to feel this toy? Absolutely. On your ass? You've been such a good girl. Or oh boy. my goodness, I'm so impressed. You've been such a good You've girl. You've taken so much for mistress. Let's see whether or not we you can... can take a little more. Yeah. Yeah, so you could <laughs> then you don't want to like pull out your whip and just start whipping him without consent, without the you know. You didn't realize you had it because you thought you forgot it, but then you found it and you really want to use it. But he didn't consent. He didn't know and he didn't consent. And so that's the, if you start using it and he has a freak, a freak out, well, then that was, a, you're bad because you didn't consent. He didn't consent to that. You didn't ask. Right. So there is a way to bring in other toys in the scene and, and he'll say, Oh, I don't think so. I, that that looks too too or brutal to me. You check in with him. How was that? Yeah. Was that a four, a five, or was that a nine? Yeah. There you go. Um, and he might say, you know what? I don't like that one. Can you go back to the one that you started with? There you go. Great. And the and you just go back to the one because you're not always going to get what you want in the scene. It's an exchange. Right. It's like a little for him, a little for you. A little but you for keep him, communicating one way yes. or the other. Yes. You do your preparation. Okay. You have still room for spontaneity. There's still room for you to use your imagination. No question about that. But the thing is to check in and make sure that things are proceeding in a positive way. Yes. So now I would like to turn the conversation a little bit to the other side. So you you have this great scene and they finish the scene and it's it's good, it's things were great. Um, you do your aftercare, whatever the form that takes. We're gonna talk more about aftercare in the next episode. But the thing that I wanted to switch the focus now because the other time when you're not playing, you're watching. So let's talk a, some, a little bit about what we like to call scene etiquette or common freaking sense, people. <laughs> Rule number one of every single dungeon, whether it is someone's home, public dungeon, at an event, at a club, wherever you are. Rule number one is no wanking. No wankers. No wanking. No wankers. For those of us who don't know what a wanker is or wanking, it's where you whip out your penis and you start masturbating right there, right in front of everybody. That that is that that that's the equivalent of seeing a homeless guy on the subways 
you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, a lot of um, a lot of dungeon spaces will actually have that rule written there. Oh, yeah. You know, no, oh, yeah. no, no wanking. I remember, too, I had gone to Hellfire with my friend Sandy and, and this other person, her boyfriend at the time. And I'm sitting down watching, and they're on this, like, little stage, uh, and her friend is up on the cross, and she's uh, spanking him on the cross. And I'm, and I, I turn to my left, and I see a man's penis, like, mere inches from the side, left side of my face. Ah. Right there. I jumped up so fast, and I did the, I broke the cardinal rule. <laughs> I joined her scene without consent. <laughs> I just, I just, I said, I'm playing with you right now. And she's looking at me like, <laughs> wanker alert, <laughs> wanker alert. You know, and she's looking at me like, you just broke the cardinal rule. You never interfere with somebody else's scene. And I gave her the, the, the crazy eye, you know, yeah. like the shake of the head with the eyes. And she goes, oh, yes, that's right. There's a pile over there. And you're playing with us. <laughs> Like really loud, yeah. so that's it's extremely, extremely uncomfortable poor, for everybody. Poor, poor manners. Yeah. Now it used to be um, in the old days of uh, of, of uh, some of the dungeons in New York City. It used to be uh, that the guys were allowed to do this because they paid big money to get into the dungeon, the club. And uh, they did not want to discourage uh, guys with money coming into their club. And mm-hmm. so this was an allowable thing. But when there were certain scenes going on, particularly if an organization had a party there that night, they would actually set up uh, yellow police tape around the perimeter of the particular scene that was going on to avoid having these guys come up too close uh. to the players, okay? Because they could not stop the wanking, but they did not want it to be right smack in front of their face or whatever, because nothing is more off-putting and uh, then seeing gross. a random penis in, uh, you know, right? That now, you did not consent to see. Exactly. Now, <laughs> this this brings us into another issue as well, which is um, playing. Uh, doing certain things, I'm playing or whatever, doing certain things without other people's consent in public. Mm. Okay, depending upon your orientation, depending upon your experience, depending upon, um, you know, uh, how comfortable uh, people are and what's allowed, uh, say, for example, on the street in a city, uh, people will or will not do things that should not be be done. Let's just put it that way. Without consent. For example, mm-hmm. if you're walking a woman or a man for that matter down the street uh, and he is, uh, say he has knee pads and uh, heavy duty gloves on and you're walking your dog down the street, he's your dog. Uh, is this a good thing to do for everybody to see this who's walking up and down the street? No, absolutely not. It's not appropriate. It's okay. not appropriate because all of those people did not consent to be part of that scene. That's right. And that is a scene. Absolutely is a scene. So you and I are of the same opinion yes. on this. Yet you will find many people who think this is perfectly okay. That's not My acceptable. suggestion is for people to think twice when you contemplate doing such a thing. Right. I have no objection whatsoever to walking my boy down the street with a collar and a leash. But I'm not leading him down the street. Okay, And I'm not using that leash. 
It's just not something that I want to do in front of kids, in front of anybody who has no idea what I'm into. Now, that being said, let me tell you the caveat. This has been a fantasy of mine that I've yet to fulfill, but it sounds absolutely devilishly wonderful. Me and my bottom, and my bottom is wearing, let's say, a remote control butt plug. Oh. And the remote for that said butt plug is in my pocket. Oh, oh. <laughs> and we go to some place like Barnes & Noble's, Target, some public. Now, we do not look like any, like you can tell what's going on. But he's in the next aisle. I give him a little buzz. You know, or we're we're getting coffee at the Starbucks. Give them a little buzz. <laughs> we are not. People don't know that that is going on, and that's the caveat. You can do these sorts of scenes as long as it doesn't appear that you're anything different than a regular person. That's right. That's right. I mean, use your imagination. There's so many great things to do. Going out for lunch and uh, uh, in my situation uh, with a male uh, bottom uh, or a slave boy, uh, going out for lunch and bringing a really nice pair of red uh, lace panties with me, um, handing them over to him at the table and saying, (laughs) go to the men's room and put them on and come back out and give me the ones you're wearing now. Right. Yes. Okay. No, those yes, sorts of why things. not? That's fun. Yes. That is a tremendous amount of fun. And you're making uh, your uh, uh, submissive very happy in doing something like that. There's a touch of humiliation in that as well, which, of course, you already know I like. Yeah. 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 You could even, you could even venture so far to say a man with a foot fetish getting a job at a shoe store. Fitting women with shoes all day long. That's what that's... And he's a foot fetishist. It becomes a problem when he is fondling the feet. Like, that That crosses the line. Um, he starts... Puts his hand in his pocket and there's a hole in his pants. So that he can access his penis through his pocket. That's a problem. It's not only a problem, it's a criminal offense. Well, so the yeah. thing is, use your we, head. Yeah, use we your had head to make a distinction of yeah. that. Anyway. Use your head. So there it is. So then... Um, is there any other scene etiquette that we should talk about when we are in a, say, for example, club, a dungeon, a home dungeon, whatever it is? How about keeping your voice low? Yeah. How about not Hushed yelling? Voices. and How about not having a conversation next to somebody who's doing a scene? Yeah, hushed voices... Quiet voices. Um, I like to say, don't break the bubble. Right. Because that's essentially what your scene is. However many people are involved. Do you watch a scene for any length of time and you see those two people are right there with each other. They're responding to each other. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're not watching the people walking by. They're not having conversations with people as they walk by. No, they are together. Those two people, three people, whatever, however many people there are, they're in the bubble. We like to call it the bubble. Don't break the bubble. Don't say talking too loud breaks the bubble. Um, don't ask to borrow the chair. Are you sitting in that chair? Do you need that chair? Can I have that chair? 
Oh, that's a great paddle. Can I can I borrow that? No, it's a kindergarten. No, if it's not yours, it's not yours. Don't ask to borrow it. They're not your crayons. Don't take them. <laughs> it's like kindergarten people, really. They're not your crayons. Don't take them. Right. Um, so we don't want to um, break the bubble because it may be hard to get back, if at all. Um, what do you do if you see something that you perceive to be unsafe? Great. And let's back up from that. Okay. And here, of course, is the answer to that question. What does a DM, a dungeon monitor, do? He's the kinky police that it, he wants to make sure that everybody's following the rules. There's nobody doing fire play in the living room. Or if something looks unsafe or um, has not been uh, uh, a takedown scene, just erupts and nobody knew about it. The DMs didn't know about it. The owner, nobody knew about it. So this person is your go-to person when you see danger. If you perceive danger, uh-huh. if you there's a difference. Yes, because a lot of edge play can look dangerous, but may not actually, in fact, be dangerous. I saw a knife demo, um, knife play demo. The things I saw him doing, I, I thought this was going to be it. She's going to be bleeding out in like three seconds. He knew exactly what he was doing, how to hold the angle. And these, and he would show us how sharp these knives were. But he knew how to hold the knife so that it didn't do any damage, which I was not aware of until I spoke to him about it like the next day because it bothered me so much. And I spoke to him about it. I had a conversation with him. And you're an experienced player. Oh yeah. And so and he told me, he says, Yes, that may that looked that way, but there's a way when you hold the knife right. that it really doesn't do any damage. It doesn't harm them. Now, if you had gone over to a DM yeah. uh because you got freaked out watching this scene and thinking, Oh my god, any minute he's gonna, you know, uh, slit an artery or something oh, the DM so. would have said to you, It's okay. They checked in with me ahead of time. Yeah. And as a DM, I just don't sit here looking around. I walk the dungeon space. I am aware of what people are doing. And not only that, if it's a big dungeon space, and we've been in some that were humongous, there are multiple DMs. At least six in those big spaces. Right. And you'll be able to identify them by either a, uh, what do they wear? They wear like the construction vests. Right. The vests. Orange or yellow. Right. Uh, neon kind of color, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. sometimes, or most of the time, it'll have on the back of their jacket or even on the front, DM. DM. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So those are the people. Do not interfere with the scene yourself. Um, go find a DM, alert them, and then, then let them handle it. They may resolve it and be like, no, 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 it's fine. It looks like an interrogation scene, but no, no, it's okay. Or... They may go in and say, hey, you guys are, you know, shouldn't be doing blood play here. <clears throat> blood play is over there. Right. And then they will have to get up and move. And then again, if you've read the rules then you and you're aware of the fact blood play is not allowed <laughs> anywhere in the dungeon. Why? Because it's potentially very dangerous. Okay. And blood what you form. want to make sure of is that there are controls 
within the, uh, uh, the environment in which you're doing this particular activity, okay? And that leads us into something else that's really, really important because we talked about prep, psychological prep, and all those other kinds of things. What about um, physical prep of the equipment? Um, when you walk into a dungeon, any kind of dungeon, be it of home uh, variety or in a big event or in a club or whatever, never take for granted that this stuff is clean. Even though um, all of us yes. know better, okay, yeah. we are always going to clean the equipment before, before. and after. Absolutely. Abs- every single time. And there will always be in any dungeon that is well equipped, and they all are. Um, of course, at events and things along those lines, all right, we, we base our reputations on this. Uh, there will be uh, spray bottles. There will be wipes. There will be chucks. Uh, every Paper towels. Everything you can possibly imagine to clean the space before and yes. after. And, now, in fact, we have something special that we uh, are probably going to uh, get up and uh, make available, which is guidelines, Guidelines for cleaning the equipment and yep. cleaning something else too. Prep, cleaning the toys Cleaners, correctly. Yes. Okay, yep, yep. all of this That's stuff different. is important. Now you're saying us, oh, prep, prep, prep again. Like I said before, it's going to ruin everything. No, it doesn't. This Makes is very better. exciting stuff. And if you yes. have a bottom with you, well, get on your hands and knees and clean that spanking bench. Before we even get started. Or what I like to do is I have um, one of those big scarves. It's like a cotton scarf that that, uh, women use to make like kimonos. And what I do is we clean the surface, clean the bench, clean the chair, clean whatever it is. And then I lay my my, uh, large scarf, my kimono wrap, my wrap. I lay that down on the equipment, and then I lay on top of that. So it's always soft. It's, you know, it's not like a leather that might get hot or whatever. It's always soft. And then I know, after I'm done with the scene, I like to wrap up in something. It's real simple to lift it up and wrap me in it. That's a great idea. So, and I know that none of my bodily fluids have leaked onto the bench or whatever but i still after the we have our wits about us again then clean the equipment again absolutely and that reminds me of another rule uh, of any kind of dungeon be it home public club event sit on a towel (laughs) (laughs) sit on a towel same thing as if you were going uh any place else where you were uh unclothed sit on a towel. There is no reason why uh, anybody should have to uh, worry about where they're going to be sitting down in a uh, in a dungeon yeah. or uh, you know, just to watch a scene or, or even a paper rest. towel, even a paper something, something. Okay? anything, a chucks, That's anything. Right. That's right. Absolutely. These are common sense suggestions, and yeah. it just makes everything go so much more smoothly when you know that these basics have been taken care of. So I think we should. Uh, just go over some very, very briefly, some key topics, things to remember as we close out this next, this episode. Um, so remember, keywords, negotiation, consent, get your safe words, figure those out, read your rules, 
for the tops, you need to um, take into account people's health conditions and what they're wearing and their bodily person, their hair, or, or things of that nature. And make it clear what you don't want to do. Right. As the top, you have limits, soft limits, hard limits, absolutely. Um, be, be aware of the DMs. Let them know if there's an issue. If you feel that there's an issue, there may not be, but let them know if you feel like it. No wanking. Please, no wanking. That's paramount. Also, don't break the bubble. Be kind, be respectful. If you're the one playing in 20 minutes, you would want that same courtesy and that same respect. Um, so I think that about covers it for this Oh, we forgot one thing. Why? Have fun. Of course. (laughs) Like a given. So why don't you tell us where the people can find us? Because we have Ah, questions and comments. Yes, questions, comments. I'm sure um, uh, that you do have some comments and questions, and we'd love to hear them. And if there's questions, we'd love to answer them. Please look for us, to kinkywomen.com, and send us email. Send your questions, comments, or whatever to to kinkywomen at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And again, I want to reiterate what uh, Midnight Lady said a little before. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening and being part of our our kinky world. Um, We're so excited to be here. We just are just thrilled to see the... uh, uh, the terrific reception we've been getting and we want to do more we want you to participate whatever way you want to participate throw it past us let's see throw it towards us rather and let's see what we can do because I also, I also want to just mention one more thing we have been uh upping our social media presence yes we, we are on instagram now at two kinky women on Instagram. We're also on Pinterest of all places. Yes, we're on Pinterest. Lots of fun stuff going on there. And our and Twitter. Twitter. We're now we're on Twitter as well. Um, and when you sign up for the email newsletter at twokinkywomenpodcast.com, you could sign up. You get a free downloadable beginner's guide to kink. And if you go to the website, you um, can download, you can read the Mistress's Diary. Mistress's Diary. Mistress's Diary. Oh, guys, you're going to love it. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can read the diary and download your free infographic. There that, you go. If you don't have time to listen to us kvetch for an hour, you can read the infographic and download it and get the top five things you need to know from this episode. So there's so much that we can uh, give you and tell you. Um, and we send email every month. Yep. And the email also has free downloadable goodies like yeah. submissive coupons and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, we're okay. rocking it. We really yeah. are. And we're, we will be doing more as time goes on. Yes. Again, thank you all yes. for listening. It's so great. We are so you. two kinky women. Yes, we are, and we want you. We want you to be kinky, too. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Until next time.